everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. My guest today is my friend Angela Mastro Giacomo. She is the founder of Muddy Paw PR, where she helps indie artists get press and placement in notable outlets like Spotify, Alternative Press, and more. Angela is super awesome, and for years I've just watched her really do everything she can to help indie artists and help people who are doing it themselves move along gain more knowledge and really just serve the community. So we have a really great discussion today all around imposter syndrome, which I think is something that so many of us struggle with at one time or another. So I think you'll find this podcast episode super valuable, even if you've never experienced imposter syndrome yet, or you're not sure that what you've experienced is imposter syndrome. It's a really great episode and just talking about how to overcome lack of confidence or doubts or comparisonitis and all of those things. So Angela and I had a great time. We get a little sassy at the end, but I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this episode. So I can't wait for you to listen. And I want to remind you, Angela is will be mentioning this in the episode as well, but she has a masterclass coming up today if you are listening to this the day this episode drops. If not, you might be able to still sign up later. But She has a webinar coming out that is all about how to get your next 1,000 fans. So the link to join that webinar is going to be in the show notes of this podcast. So just head over to the show notes to grab the link and sign up for that webinar. And don't miss out on learning all the tips for getting your next 1,000 fans. Totally free. It's going to be awesome. Definitely go hang out with Angela tonight and I'll be there too. So it's going to be fun. Now one more piece of news before we hop into today's episode. I am dropping a freebie today. So today you can head to bit.ly slash out to freebie because I think I'm funny. So that's the name of the bit.ly link. The bit.ly link is out to be O-U-T-T-O-F-R-E-E-B-I-E. And the link will also be in the show notes so you can just click it there. So head over to that link to get your free download of my latest freebie which is five wellness habits for musicians that you can start today. So this is a quick and easy guide for busy women in music to learn five easy wellness habits that they can start today to upgrade their wellness routine, reduce stress, and feel better. So if you want this totally, so if you want this freebie, head over to the link bit.ly slash out to freebie and you will get a free download. I can't wait for you to get your freebie. Let me know once you've downloaded it. I'm so excited for you to give it a read. And I'm so excited for us to hop into today's episode and get so much knowledge from Angela. So let's dive in. Hey, Angela, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Thank you for having me. So we have become fast friends in the music industry because we're kind of doing similar things, but also not really at all. <laughs> and I followed you for many years with your muddy PR company and just everything that you're doing to help. Uh, women and well, all people really in the music industry. So before we jump into our topic today in our discussion, I would love to know a little bit more about you and how you got into the music industry in general and how you started doing what you're doing now. So it was a complete accident the way I got into the music industry. It was about 10 years ago and I happened to get to a show early. It was an Amberlynn show and I happened to get there early and see the opening band and they just had, they were called The Coming Week. They've since broken up, but they had the most incredible stage energy and they were interacting with their audience and having fun with each other. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, even out like before you were ever in the music industry, so many 
emerging artists put on the most boring shows ever. So it's not difficult to stand out if you're doing the right things. And so they really grabbed my attention and I, I was like, I have to interview them. And um, I didn't even really know what a music blog was. I certainly didn't know how to start one, but I was just like obsessed with telling their story. And so I thought, well, I'll just start my own music blog. And, you know, I was 21 and that seemed very easy and I didn't realize all the obstacles, but I did it. And then I thought, you know, why stop there? And so that's how my blog Infectious Magazine was born. And I just started interviewing bands that way. And then when I graduated college in 2011, I had a communications degree and I just kept getting laid off from jobs. And I also just wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. But eventually, after getting laid off over and over, you know, you get sick of that and you're like, well, I have to have a job, I have to make money. And so I thought, well, I'll just, again, like I'll just start my own business. And again, I was young enough that none of that was scary and it seemed very, very easy. And there were a lot of lessons to be learned along the way, but I just did it. And that's how I started Muddy Paw PR. And I've been doing that. This is our fifth year. And yeah, I, it's, it's been a journey. It's been really crazy to think it's been 10 years. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that kind of, which we all kind of need, right? Whether we're starting a business or just going into music, that kind of naivete where we're just like, this will be easy. This will be fun. And that's what gets us started. And then once we figure out, once we're kind of in it, it that keeps us going. So that's, <laughs> that's one of the best ways to get started, I think. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. And with that comes talk of anxiety and insecurities. And I think the topic of imposter syndrome is really interesting because as someone who's in the music industry and just started their own business, like you said, you didn't even know you wanted to do this until you kind of happened upon it. I think so many of us have struggled from that either now or in the past. And it's kind of an ongoing battle sometimes as you continue to up level or grow in your career or you know, gently shift and change what you're doing, it can creep back in. So before we dive deep into imposter syndrome specifically, I'd love to hear more about your own struggles with anxiety and insecurities that um, you've dealt with in general and in the music industry. I mean, I've been anxious my entire life. I mean, I can't remember a time where I wasn't anxious about something. And it used to be really, really bad and probably about about the same time, I would say eight or 10 years ago, uh, it got really, really bad. And I it kind of finally dawned on me, which I think is the first obstacle is I think for a lot of people, you don't even necessarily realize that what you're feeling or thinking is not um, like that it's not healthy. You just think, well, everyone, you know, worries that they're going to get hit by a bus when they go out or like everyone worries about talking to people. Um, and so I think for me, the first step was really identifying that, you know, it my life could be better if I could, you know, sort of get this under control. And I found a really, really good therapist, which is always a challenge, right? Finding the right fit, but I found a really good one. And we worked on some really good techniques and I think finding someone that could give me the tools I needed, which for me was a lot of CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, and also being in the right headspace that I wanted to work on it. And I wanted to do the hard work. That was really, really important for me. And in the music industry, it's tough because, you know, especially when you first get into it, you have no idea what you're doing. You don't want to look like an idiot. You don't want to ask for help because you, you want to look like you know what you're doing. And so there were a lot of challenges around that. But I can say that as I've gotten older, I'm 31 now, and had more experience in the industry, there is a peacefulness. <laughs> like, it does get better as you gain confidence and also just as you get older. Um, I think there's a sense of calm. But it, it has been definitely a real struggle to manage the anxiety and it's a full-time job sometimes to just keep up on it and to know okay this is an anxious thought i'm having 
you know, I need to, what do I need to do to shut this down or to move forward? Um, it's a challenge. So how do you cope with it day to day now? Obviously this has been going on for several years and you went to therapy and did a lot of deep work, but we all know it's kind of an ongoing process and like an ongoing thing that you have to cope with. So what are the things and the tools that you go to now to deal with it? I mean, it depends on what kind of anxiety I'm having. So one of the most common things that happens to me now is I just get very, very overwhelmed very quickly, which is kind of the state I'm in right now, where it just feels like everything is caving in and there's a million things to do. And for me, the best thing for that, um, what I used to do is just power through it. And certainly there are times you have to do that, but now I kind of do the opposite and I step away and I go, okay, um, you know, I'm going to take a break or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to do whatever to remove myself from this situation and refocus. And I know that sounds very simple, but that's been a big one for me, certainly. And also just knowing exactly what I have to do. So if I'm feeling really anxious about everything I have to do for, say, the next week or month, um, instead of looking at this giant list, I'll sit down and go, okay, Wednesday, this needs to happen. Thursday, this needs to happen. And then when it gets to Wednesday, I time block everything. So that helps with the overwhelm stuff. As far as just general anxiety, I remember there were a couple, these aren't necessarily specific to the music industry, but there were a couple things that I remember my therapist telling me that were kind of brutal, but they really helped. And the first one was to think of whatever, um, whatever I was anxious about and just repeat it in my head over and over until that initial wave of overwhelm passed. So for instance, if you were terrified of performing on stage, you might figure out first what the thing you're actually terrified of. Is it that everyone's going to like, you know, throw their soda at you. So if like, that's your thing, then you just think, okay, then you just picture it and you say over and over your head, I might get on stage and people might throw things at me. And you just literally <laughs> repeat that over and over and over until you feel super anxious and then that will pass. And once that passes and you just do that over and over again, every time one of those thoughts come up. And for me, that really helped with sort of desensitizing for those, um, those thoughts that I knew were just like anxiety based thoughts. That is really interesting. I have actually never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of want to try it next time. Yeah, it's just a decent, like, it, because the thing we naturally do when we're anxious, right, is we try to run from it. And so I think by confronting it and just dealing with it in the moment and then finding out it's not so bad, it just, it just sort of retrains your brain to be like, actually, that's not so scary after all. Yeah, totally. Now, I'm curious, do you feel that there is a difference, a distinct difference between feeling overwhelmed and feeling anxious. Yeah, definitely for me. I mean, the two can go hand in hand, certainly. But for me, the overwhelm is like a very, a very specific and different feeling. When I feel anxious, I mean, overwhelm is usually rooted in reality. And for me, anxiety is usually rooted in um, like either something that just hasn't happened or something that's not actually real. You know, like, again, back to the stage thing. I know a lot of people have stage fright. There are a lot of things that I'm sure could go wrong, but the reality is probably nobody's going to throw anything at you. Probably if somebody walks out, it has actually nothing to do with you at all. But of course, with anxiety, we're internalizing everything. <laughs> we're kind of making everything about ourselves. Um, but yeah, to me, the distinct difference is overwhelm is rooted in reality. And also you usually have control over it. Whereas the anxiety, it's, you know, it's a little bit less so. Yeah. And I think that for both of those things, like if you are naturally anxious, and then you get overwhelmed for things like work or, you know, like you're about to do a huge masterclass, which we'll talk about soon. But like <laughs> when that stuff is coming up or like when a big show is coming up, that will naturally make us a little bit more overwhelmed because there tends to be more going on. So if you are prone towards anxiety or you have an anxiety disorder, I think the overwhelm can 
creep in and just sort of like add another layer to it, which makes it worse. But I feel it's important to distinguish that just because you're overwhelmed doesn't necessarily mean that you're anxious. But when you have both of those things, it can create a not fun combination. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. When did you first recognize that you might be experiencing this? When did you first put a name to it? And how do you deal with it now? That's a good question. I can't, I can't even remember when I first came across it. I mean, it was probably at least five years ago. Um, and then it was, it was one of those light bulb moments where you're like, Oh my God, this is me. Like, I didn't know this had a name. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, I think a lot of us in the industry really suffer from it. And it's really, I mean, it's tough. Like, again, I think it's one of those things that you naturally just have to work through, but I think every time you're putting yourself in a new situation, you're bound to experience that, especially when you're surrounded by all these people that you look up to that do know what they're doing. You know, we're all so bad at just comparing ourselves to, to other people. So for people who don't even know what this is, can you describe what imposter syndrome is? Yeah, so in a nutshell, imposter syndrome is kind of just waiting for people to find you out. So like for me, I've been in the industry for 10 years. And I like to think I have a pretty good idea of what I'm doing when it comes to PR and writing and all that stuff. But I still worry all the time that somebody is going to call me out and be like, you don't know what you're talking about or everything you're teaching is completely wrong. And um, it doesn't really matter how much proof is, is thrown at me the other way. It doesn't matter how many people say you're doing a great job or like this really resonated. I'm still afraid somebody is going to somehow, which is crazy, right? Because on top of the fact that how does somebody know us better than ourselves in that way? And like the proof is there that we do know what we're doing. It's just this constant fear that we're going to be found out that we just have no idea what we're doing. And we've just been pretending this whole time and everything's about to come crashing down. Has imposter syndrome ever stopped you or almost stopped you from doing something or starting something new? It's definitely stopped me. I wouldn't say it stopped me from doing something new, but it's delayed it. That's for sure. I'm pretty stubborn, so when I do get an idea in my head, I very much, you know, find a way to make it happen. But even with, you know, what I'm doing now, like with the masterclass, and like in addition to PR, you know, starting to build a brand that's more geared towards education and like eventually courses, that is something I started thinking about, I would say two or three years ago. But because I just didn't feel confident in what I was doing, um, even though, again, I have all this knowledge over the last 10 years, it, it, I kept having these false starts where I would start and then I would stop and I would start and I would stop. And it's just because I didn't feel confident in what I was doing um, or that I really had me right to be doing it. Yeah. So I think in like just the world we live in right now, something I see that comes up with a lot of artists is comparisonitis. And on Instagram or even in real life, maybe if you live in a town where you're constantly seeing live music or you're seeing people around, like you're always wondering how do I get to where that person got? How did they get there so fast? How did this happen? Why is it not happening to me? Maybe I'm just not good enough. And that kind of spirals out of control. So what advice do you have for artists who might be feeling this? And maybe they don't even know, because I think that comparisonitis and imposter, like comparisonitis can basically lead to imposter syndrome. Once you get that, those thoughts going there, you get to thinking like, why am I even doing this? Maybe I just shouldn't do this. I'm not talented enough. Uh, no one's going to buy my music. No one's going to believe that I'm actually talented. And then it kind of turns into that imposter syndrome. So how can we maybe stop comparisonitis before it gets to that point? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think, you know, we hear this all the time, but there is a lot of value in remembering that, you know, what you're, what is that saying that people always say, like somebody's chapter 10, 
um, is not your chapter one or whatever. Basically, like where somebody is now that you're seeing them is not where they started, and so it's not a fair comparison. I would also say, like, I I think it's so much more valuable, and this is something I've been able to do. Instead of looking at yourself and being like, oh, that you know that artist is so much further along, like, what? Why don't I deserve that? You know, stop. I mean, I don't I want to be harsh about it, but like stop feeling bad about yourself and instead of comparing yourself to the other person, make them into a case study, you know, look at them and go, how did they get here? Like what, you know, if it's social media, what hashtags are they using? What kind of content are they posting? Um, you know, what, what are they doing on the stage? What cities are they popular in? What merch are they making? Like just look at them and make a case study out of them and learn from them. And ideally, if you can do that, even with artists that are just a touch ahead of you in their career, I think there's a lot to be learned there. And I think that's a much more productive mindset. And I also think it's a more empowering mindset than just making yourself feel bad about it. Um, so that I think that would be really my main piece of advice. And it's been something I've always done that's always, I don't know, it's always made such a huge difference for me in my endeavors. Yeah, and I think there's like three ways that we can approach something. When we see someone who's doing something really cool that maybe we it resonates with us, right? And we're either reacting in a way that is um, feeling angry and resentful towards them and feeling, oh, I just hate that person. But really you're just jealous of that person because they have what you want. Or the second one would be you feeling bad about yourself. Oh my, like that's kind of the comparisonitis the, that leads into imposter syndrome of like, oh my God, they have it. How did they get here? I'm never going to get there. Wah, wah, wah. That, you know, that's what we, both of these things we need to get out of. And then there's a third way, which you mentioned, which is more empowering, which I believe to be more of like, oh my gosh, look at what this person's doing. How cool. I can do that. They did that. That means that I can get there. I can do that. Instead of being like, how did they do this? How is this possible? They got here. What seems to be faster than me? First of all, acknowledging that like, it probably wasn't faster than you. They probably started before or they took different steps or they took a different path. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to get there just because it seems like they got there easier or faster than you. And then just taking what they did and saying, using it basically as inspiration of like, that's so cool that it shows that it's possible for me too. It just like, isn't, you know, I'm just taking a different path and that's okay. So I'm really glad that you brought all of that up. Cause I think that shifting our mindset there and really coming to this from a positive place is a game changer in allowing you to not sit in this negativity and not get to that imposter syndrome in the first place. Yeah, and this is, a, this is also the power of finding a mentor as well, right? Like to have somebody that you can go to and ask questions and or even if you don't have access to them, again, that case study thing. I mean, it's just important to realize that we all start in the same place. And exactly like you said, you don't know where they started. I mean, if they started five, 10 years ago and you're starting now, well, the industry was completely different. It's yeah. the same thing that like me starting my blog 10 years ago and then that natural evolution into starting a PR company if I had started the blog now, it, I mean, it's a completely different market. Like you just, you have to keep that stuff in mind too. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, so now we've identified how we can maybe stop it evolving into imposter syndrome in the first place. But sometimes we know it just goes from zero to 100 or sometimes we just can't really get past that comparison. I like, especially if it's something that honestly, it's kind of like a habit. Like we're just so used to showing up to social media or life and comparing ourselves and not getting out of that mindset yet. So let's say now we're in, we're like fully in imposter syndrome. We show up, either we're a new artist or maybe someone who's more seasoned, but is kind of like growing slowly and is suddenly feeling like, what the heck, why am I here? Maybe I can't do this. 
what do we do? I think my main piece of advice would be to first sort of step back, realize what's happening, take a breath. And then, like I said, refocus. So as soon as you start to feel all that panic and all of that, just step away from whatever you're doing and, you know, watch your favorite show, whatever it is, you've got to get out of that mindset because you can't really do anything or make decisions or act when you're coming from that place of panic. So the first step is getting out of that. And then I think the second step is starting to, I think there are two options here. I think if you're the type of person that writes stuff down, you could easily start to write down like, well, what evidence is there of this, right? Because this is another thing I used to do. Um, and I know these are separate things, but this is something I used to do with my anxiety as well. Um, you know, you sit down and you go, well, what evidence is there that I'm really a fraud? Or what evidence is there that I really can't do this? And then what evidence is there that I have? Like, what are my accomplishments? Um, I think having that written down, especially if you're somebody who likes to reference that and remembering the good things you've done or the things you're proud of is important because of course we always focus more on everything, <laughs> like the one tiny thing that nobody else remembers, but that made us feel bad about ourselves. So, I mean, I would start there. And then I think it's just, it's just a work in progress. You know, it's not, if you start to feel it, it's not necessarily going to go away overnight or in a week. But I think continuing to do the thing and continuing to push forward in whatever your goals are, um, you know, I think that's just how we get through these things. I know that's not, you know, it's not necessarily a cut and dry answer, but for me anyway, that's how I've always pushed through things is like, you just have to keep doing it because I think a lot of imposter syndrome, like it does come from lack of confidence. And I think the more confident you get by doing whatever your craft is, the more like the more you'll be able to quiet those voices so that when they do come up instead of buying into them you go okay like that's just like i know what that is but i also know it's not accurate and so i can push it aside yeah that's a really good point a lot of times sometimes the imposter syndrome can from can come from like comparing ourselves to others and wondering why we're not further along yet but a lot of times like if you are really confident in your craft it's a lot easier to quiet that voice so doing something that would just strengthen that craft or um, increase your knowledge. So like if you're feeling insecure because you don't know how to do X, Y, Z, first of all, acknowledging like, do you have to know how to do that? I mean, some people like, let's be honest, some musicians thrive off of, you know, reading music and that's how they learn and music theory. And like, they're able to translate that into the work that they do, or they're able to perform best when they have that in front of them. Some people, like me, can't read music for shit, no matter how hard they've tried to learn. But I probably haven't tried that hard because I don't, I really don't want to, it slows me down. So I do everything like by ear or just by feeling or whatever. And like, those are two different approaches. So you might be in my position thinking like, I can't get anywhere because I don't know how to read sheet music. Well, let's like, look at the facts. Is that true? No, because plenty of musicians have gotten very far by doing it their own way and like by not being able by not being an expert in music theory or whatever it is however if it still makes you feel more comfortable to learn that and just get a basic skill in something like that and of course this is just an example but then it's important now this could be translated to social media it could be translated to booking or press you know if there's a skill that you feel is really holding you back and is something that would benefit you to know then Take the steps to learn that skill. Take, you know, get a coach, ask a friend, ask a mentor, um, take a course, do a class, do what you need to do to get that skill so that you can feel more confident in actually approaching anything that you need to do to actually make your dreams come true. That sounds cheesy. I don't know why I use that, but. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I think, 
I think people don't understand how much confidence comes into play here, or they think they're already confident. But I mean, I just can't tell you, like, I wouldn't be able to do anything if I didn't feel, I mean, I rehearse everything a thousand times. Like before I speak, I rehearse it a thousand times before I rewrite drafts of blogs that I'm doing. Like, it's like, I have to, that confidence. I mean, you, I, you might think you don't have the time or I don't have the time to learn that, or I don't have more time, but I mean, which would you rather spend a couple weeks learning this skill and be a little bit tight on time and feel a million times better or spend the next 10 years struggling and feeling like you have no idea what you're doing? I mean, it's kind of a clear choice when you put it in black and white terms like that. Not to mention that I will refer you all to past episodes. I have a couple episodes on time management that I'll link in the show notes that you can listen to because the truth is if it's a priority for you and it's, if it's something that is going to like get rid of imposter syndrome and make you more confident and also get you moving forward faster, then it should be a priority. And if it's a priority, there is a way to make you have plenty of time to accomplish it without burning out. So like, like Angela said, it's totally doable. You're not, you're able to do it. And even if, again, you're, you might be sacrificing something or just simply readjusting things. I don't even think you would have to sacrifice necessarily, but readjust things for a little bit of time to make this happen, it will be worth it in the long run. So, and it'll save you time because you won't be left, you know, delaying the start of things or second guessing for hours on end what you need to do. Yeah, imagine the energy you'll save for things that matter. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, because literally we could spend hours a day thinking about what should I be doing and second guessing this and not feeling good enough, which stops us from from really moving forward. And that is time that you are spending on something that you could be instead just like doing something that's actually going to move you forward. So what lasting tips do you have for anyone who is still like, okay, I hear you, but I don't know. It just seems kind of like, it seems kind of unrealistic. Like Angela, like what if I'm just not good enough? I mean, then stop. Well, like when I say that, how do you feel, right? You get, you probably, if, if you hear me say that, and I'm like, well, just stop. Then you probably get angry at me, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's what I mean. It's because you know, like if I'm just like, fine, quit. We don't need you. Like you're going to get angry because you know, that's not true. Like yes. there's, there's probably a piece of you. And I said that, that was like, wait a minute. So that means it's in you already, right? Like you already know that you want this and you have it. So, I mean, again, I like, I'm not, I mean, I'm certainly not very good at babying people or handholding. And so like, again, what I would say is like, you have to just do it. Like every, we, I feel like we've given you, we've given so many good uh, strategies and tips. And I mean, there's a million more out there on the internet, but even right here, I feel like there's so much you can work with. And the, the reality is if you really want to move forward, I mean, take your time to feel bad about whatever you have to feel bad about. Like God knows I've done that for my own self and been like, you know what? I'm just going to like salt for a couple of days. But at the, like after a couple of days, like put a time limit on it mm-hmm. and then decide you're going to move forward because the reality is like, you're not going to get anywhere. If you just keep being like, well, I'm not good enough. You have to, at some point, you know, pull yourself together and go, okay, do I want this? And if the answer is yes, then you go, okay, what do I have to do to make this happen? And that's it. And then you make it happen. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's certainly not easy, but the formula is very simple. It's just do the things, you know, and you do it the best you can. Like there are going to be bad days. You're going to have anxious days. Like there are days where I just can't deal with it. And I have to take like a three hour break in the middle of the day. And so that's okay. As long as on the other end of it, you're making sure that you're still moving forward. And I promise it's not going to be this hard forever. You know, there are rough patches 
even for me 10 years in I still have days that are tougher than other days but you have to just know that that's just temporary and if you really want this like you have to just keep going on the other side of it it's all there is to it yeah and I think that um what you mentioned first of all I love the hard assness <laughs> because we all need that and if, if anybody right now got mad when Angela said that or got felt attacked, you know, felt like, what? How could you say that? Then maybe you need to slightly reshift your expectations. You might be thinking that this is going to be easy. Well, nobody ever said it was going to be easy. So like, it's going to take hard work and dedication and effort and shitty things happening and good things happening. And that's all part of the journey. So you might need to like reshift that a little bit. You might need to rethink, you know, how much time you are spending working on your craft and working on your business side if you are choosing to do that yourself. Like, let's be honest, like maybe you're not doing the most, maybe you're doing the least, <laughs> like, and there's no excuses for that. And I hate, I, you know, it's funny because I feel like we moved from a very like, oh, this happens to everyone, whatever, to like, maybe you're just not doing it. But it's true. Like if you're at this point and nothing so far has worked, then you do need to consider like, are you really putting your everything into this? Are you really living up to your potential? Or are you just expecting someone to give you a lucky break and hope that's it? Because chances are that's not going to happen. What I have observed in the music industry as of late is that people, you attract people when you're, you are already doing the work and you are already making things happen for yourself. Fair or unfair that that has you know, been the change in the music industry since the nineties. It is what it is. Like it is what it is. So you need to make things happen for yourself. You need to show people that you are committed to this and you will do it all yourself if you have to. And it's at that point that you'll start getting the fans that you want, getting the attraction from, you know, music industry professionals that you want and really moving forward. That's my personal opinion from my many, many years of observations on the music industry. But it just goes to show like, if you're not really putting in the work, and getting the help that you need through, like we said earlier, coaches, mentors, courses, whatever it is, then you can't expect to really move forward in the most effective way. Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent true. I mean, people think for instance, like, Oh, I need a manager to help me get X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, no, you need to get X, Y, Z. And then a manager will, you know, it's yes. not up to somebody else to fight for your career. And yes. you, yes. you know, like it's crazy. <laughs> Oh my God. Mic drop on that. It is not <laughs> up to someone else to fight for your career. Okay. I feel like that's a perfect note to end that on. Before we wrap up today though, I do want to shift gears a teeny bit and talk about your masterclass that is coming up. So you are like, we've talked about a music industry professional. You're doing great things. You are teaching people in the music industry, how to do great things in their career. So tell us about your upcoming masterclass. Yeah, so I have a masterclass coming up on September 18th at 6 p.m. Eastern, and it's called How to Get Your Next 1,000 Fans. We're going to be diving into tons of strategies, you know, based around, again, like getting fans. Um, and I am an examples girl. I am like a specific strategies girl. So like this is going to be really packed with specific examples and strategies. Like you're going to be able to walk away from it and implement those things right away. So I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I'm big on community and um, and just sort of finding our people. And to me, that's what finding your fans is. It's finding your people. And um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I hope I will see you guys there. 
Awesome. How can we sign up? And for those of you who might be listening to this after the masterclass happens, which is on September 18th, how can people sign up, whether it's the day of or afterwards? Yeah, so the easiest way is probably just going to be to go to my website, which is AngelaMastroGiacomo.com. I realize that is a mouthful of a last name. Um, but if you just find me on Instagram, it's Angela underscore Mastro, M-A-S-T-R-O, and there'll be a link in there. And that's much easier than spelling out my whole last name. And we'll put your website in the show notes too. So you guys can just head to the show notes and click on it. So you don't have to try to figure out how to spell her name. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for joining us today. I'm really glad that we were able to kind of riff on this very important topic that I think a lot of people struggle with at some point or another. So I'm really glad to have you here. Where can we connect with you further? So AngelaMastroGiacomo.com. Like I said, Instagram is Angela underscore Mastro. And uh, the website for my PR company is MuddyPawPR.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Angela. Thank you.